Welcome to the One Signal Podcast, where we aim to educate listeners on product industry and best practices to build a great customer messaging practice. This is your host, Josh Wetzel. Got a great guest today for you, MarTech podcast host, Benjamin Shapiro, to discuss acquisition versus retention. Benjamin has a long digital marketing background, working at eBay in the 2000s within the marketing team and then leading marketing for an assortment of startups before creating the leading podcast on marketing technology called MarTech Podcast. We appreciate you joining us today. Welcome to the podcast. Josh, honor and a privilege to be here. Good to reconnect. It is great to reconnect. And we worked together 12, 13, 14 years ago. Like forever so ago. It is forever ago, especially in technology, right? These things go by so fast. Of two to three, six months feels like a lifetime. We were there in like eBay's heyday, though. That's how I like to think of it. It's a sort of digression, but I, I would say the one thing that was really interesting about that era, because I got to go back for a couple of years is the quality of talent, particularly in the internet marketing group, I think under Matt Ackley and some of the people there, a lot of you guys went on to do awesome stuff. And it's just a different world now, you know, not to disparage anybody, but I think that like a lot of the innovation and interest kind of got sucked out. And it was just a different team, quite frankly. I'm very optimistic about eBay's future. Now that the leadership is a member of the old guard, um, seeing Jamie come back as the CEO to me is a, a step in the right direction because he sort of understood the fabric of what made eBay successful. The eBay alumni network is powerful and, and strong and has served me very well in my career. And in the internet marketing team in the late 2000s, as Google was rising to prominence, as Facebook was rearing its head, but you still had players like the Yahoo's and AOL's of the world, which were massive media properties, made it a really interesting time in internet marketing. And there was a lot of talented people that were helping eBay thrive at the time. So you and, and amongst many others, it was really a changing and altering time in my career. It was, it was fantastic. Yeah, we could spend a lot of time on it. I, I think at the end of the day, we had, you had to break through that desire to make change. I think that was it, the perfect store book is a is a great example of how to kill innovation and 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 stifle an opportunity. But that's a topic for another another day. Um, so what I want to talk about was this challenger statement around this notion, and you actually see it in the allocation of budgets where people really spend a lot of time and effort on user acquisition, whether it's mindshare or actual resource allocation versus the retention of their user base. Like how do you continue to grow and build loyalty within that user base? And maybe there's elements of this because some organizations are set up a little bit different, differently where marketing's sole job is to bring people in and no one cares about what happens afterwards. But I'm curious you know, to get your take ultimately and have this discussion about why there's such a divergence. And just, just to give a little bit of context here, Gardner, which is a big research firm, they do an annual CMO study. They found that about 60%, 52 to 58% of spend overall goes almost directly to acquisition in the form of paid media ads and social and, and elements of there. And then about 26 to 28% is on kind of marketing technology systems. And then 30-ish percent is on labor. It's the actual team. So it's a really clear sign, like so much of the money is going upfront to build that acquisition. We also have a lot of data out there to talk about apps and all these other components where it's really about retention, right? You can acquire, but it's much harder to retain. Most of the people that come and download your app or come to your website, they're going to do it one time and then they're going to be gone. And so how do you build that experience? So I'm just high level, like what's your take on acquisition versus retention? Yeah, I mean, I think that first off, every marketer has to learn how to do customer acquisition 
when they're starting any new business because you have no customers when you start. So it is it is a the fabric of every single marketing team and it's where we all focus our thoughts at first is how do I get prospects to become leads, to become customers if you're B2B? And if you're B2C, it's how do I start building awareness and affinity and, and drive conversions and thinking about my funnel? And everyone has to start in the acquisition mindset because without that, you know, it's, it's the seed. You have nothing to grow and nothing to retain. And so I think that there is some just sort of like every time I've gone to a business, I know that I need to start acquiring customers and it requires you to build processes and systems and evaluate channels and figure out what works first before you can even get into retention. Now, the the problem that I see is that the smart money is in retention, right? It is easier, I shouldn't say easier, it is more cost-effective to retain a customer than it is to acquire one in most scenarios. And so it's really hard to know when you need to maybe pull back on one lever or push forward the other one at the same time, do two things at once to be acquiring customers and focusing on retaining them. And I'm, I'm really thinking of startups first where, you know, I, I've had a handful of, you know, shots at the dartboard with startups and there was always pressure from the venture capital community to show growth first before you start thinking about revenue and from growth often that is tied to customer acquisition, right? It is very rarely that you're able to bring someone in and then charge them more and more and more. So, you know, I, th- I think that that's part of it. Every business has to acquire first. I think it's challenging to know when to start focusing on retention. There's no clear signal of when that should happen. And there's pressure up front for the early stage companies to show growth metrics before they actually start thinking about making a dollar. It's about, you know, showing that the business can scale. Yeah. So you mentioned something there in terms of the smart businesses. So the smart money is on retention. Uh, You have some thoughts on examples of that or where those businesses do make that pivot? Yeah. I mean, let me think of a good example for you. Well, I, I, two that come to mind, I, I worked for a B2C startup that was a on-demand service that delivered laundry and dry cleaning. And we were, you know, and I fell victim to this. I was running the marketing department and I was almost solely focused on customer acquisition. And one of the biggest profit drivers we would have would be emailing people to educate them about the various services the company offered. It was, you're already doing laundry. Did you know we did dry cleaning and hang dry? And and what I should have done was focused more efforts on customer education and, you know, sort of giving incentives to the customers to try the other services to build in the hooks to sort of, you know, build the muscle memory of using that service for the entire suite of products. Instead, I just stayed focused on, well, I got to make sure we're feeding the beast. And so I'm going to focus at the top of the funnel and whatever products or services they use, you know, that's the product team's problem. You know, that's the website's problem. And it wasn't something that marketing was necessarily tasked with. So I personally have fallen victim to this trap of not thinking about customer retention and revenue generation, once you have someone in the door, you've already built the credibility. And the other thing that I'll say is, you know, in my current business, where I am the host of a series of podcasts, and we monetize them through sponsorships, primarily 
B2B companies that are looking to uh, reach marketers, my revenue generation is like 75% from my returning customers. I am constantly following up with customers who have come in, run a sponsorship campaign, asking for them to evaluate the campaign, talking to them about what their marketing programs are, and finding ways to continue the relationship and to continue to work together so I don't have to batch and blast and email a bunch of net new leads and get them through the funnel because I know that that's a six to eight week turnaround to make an introduction to actually have somebody be a podcast sponsor. And often the retention conversations are two to three week conversations. So I've, I've seen it personally in my work on the B2B and B2C side that retention has a shorter turnaround time to revenue and just generally it's more efficient in driving incremental dollars. It's, it has a higher ROI. Yeah. So why do you think more established companies, like going back to our experience at at eBay in the late 2000s, as an example, where it was a mature business, but our KPIs were much more centered on growth. Why is that? I don't remember the KPIs being solely centered around growth. And you didn't say solely, being primarily centered around growth. As I, and I don't remember when exactly you left eBay, but as my time at eBay, I was there for seven years. I remember the marketing team maturing from focusing on media deals, primarily in internet marketing, buying banner ads through Yahoo, to more performance and individual item through SEO and SEM. And to me, that was on some level a retention strategy, even though the individual products that eBay was, you know, bidding on or trying to optimize, you know, can drive new customers. It also gave them the ability to have wide coverage when someone was conducting a search. And so my guess is that the eBay buyers were coming back more frequently because they were seeing eBay more often in their searches. So there is a world where your PPC and your performance marketing budget actually is a retention strategy you know, if it, somebody's already a customer, you could still market to them. You could still pay to reach them. Uh, but eBay started doing things like credit cards and loyalty programs and eBay bucks. And these other partnerships were, you know, I don't remember. I think that they actually formed a loyalty team at some point, And then I, I left right around then. But I do remember eBay starting to think more about customer journey and retention and giving incentives to bring people back. And a lot of that was done through, you know, discounting and points and gamification. I don't know if that's always the way to do it because you're constantly giving something away. But a lot of it is education and, and you know, in eBay's case where it's a retail company, merchandising. You know, I know that with smaller retail brands, the, the, the fashion brands, it's all about getting the email address so you can continue to have a line of communication. I guess my point is retention can come in many forms and it's not always just you know, organic relationships that you're cultivating, you can continue to use paid marketing channels to do it. And I think mature brands start thinking about their communication strategy and their content strategy to to start lowering the cost of retention, even from an advertising perspective. Yeah, because more people are aware, they're more likely to come direct. And whatnot. I'd rather put a, an ad showing, you know, a t-shirt from my fashion brand when somebody already bought shoes than trying to find somebody who does not know the brand. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's where the disconnect historically has been, particularly in the CPG side. 
And the internet's been a great leveling of the playing field in the sense that they now can build a direct relationship with you and I, whereas 20 years ago, they had no ability to do that. I know when I started my consulting practice, which inevitably led me into the content business that I'm in running the podcast, out of intuition, my first thought was to reach out to the people that I already had relationships with to find consulting clients. It was not make new introductions, meet new people, and then try to sell them. Like I wanted to leverage the relationships that I already had. And I don't understand why marketers don't think about that. Don't think about leveraging the relationships they already have. They, they do on some sense of like the virality programs, the like, you know, share our products or services, rate us in the app stores, you know, user-generated content. But from a B2B perspective, it, maybe it's just because those businesses are more relationship-driven. You always think about who are the people you already know that you can get to be customers. And, I, you know, that's been successful for me in, in my relationship-driven businesses. And then, you know, I mentioned the story about Rinse and eBay. And retention really is the, the highest ROI. Yep. No, that's great. The summary then would be that it's not acquisition versus retention. It's acquisition is required to get your business off the ground. And as you've got a business going, really not taking your eye off the ball on retention because maintaining that base is the only way you're going to consistently grow and you're going to increase your profit margin because those people are a lot cheaper to, to keep. You always have to fill the funnel, right? You, you always have to be doing some customer acquisition. You just don't want to run the risk of your pipeline drying up, B2B or B2C, right? You, you always have to be bringing in fresh blood or at least attempting to. That doesn't mean that that's going to be your biggest revenue generator. And so for the marketers who are thinking about their strategy, there is a business profile. Like, you know, if you're an early stage company and your VCs are saying, we want to see that this thing can scale, go get a bunch of warm bodies to visit your website. Go get people to do the first, you know, the first purchase. And that's the metric that you need to meet the next hurdle. When you are trying to optimize for revenue, the people that are going to pay you the most and pay you the fastest are the people that you have the best relationship with. I think that's universal across any business. Yeah, agreed. Benjamin, thank you for joining the podcast. It was a pleasure speaking with you as always. It's great to catch up. This is the second time in two weeks after probably several years since the last time we spoke. Josh, let's make sure that it's not a couple of years before the next time. Exactly. Be good. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please subscribe to the One Signal Podcast or your preferred podcast directory, Spotify, Apple, Google, TuneIn, Stitcher, and many others. If you're looking for a great customer engagement software used by more than 1 million companies across the globe, try One Signal for free today, onesignal.com. In the meantime, have a great day. Stay safe, stay positive, take care.